0: What's up everybody? Welcome back to another jam-packed edition of the Two Buck Sports Podcast. I am your co-host Rusty Buckets, checking in with y'all tonight. Guys, we have an awesome episode ahead tonight. There's so many good things that happened this week. You know, I hate to say good, but you know, things that needed to happen. And we'll get to that here in a few minutes. But first, I want to welcome in my esteemed colleague, Uncle Buck here. If you're watching on YouTube, you know what episode this is. Right, Uncle Buck?
1: Yeah, so I got so excited. I, you know... Um, everybody knows that in my past life, I was a rock and roll star. And so there's been this Jersey sitting in my closet since, uh, October 30th of 2014. Damn. That's when my band surviving Allison went coast to coast, ended our tour by playing at the 50 yard line of a Carolina Panthers, new Orleans saints Thursday night football game in Charlotte. And so everybody knows I'm a Saints fan. Uh, probably less now mm-hmm. than ever, but used to be a diehard fan. And um, so this game was in Charlotte, and we're playing on the 50-yard line. Stock, so like, you've got to wear Panther stuff. So I said, okay, well, um, I don't have any Panther stuff. They're like, no worries, no worries. We're going to take you to this team shop, and you're going to pick you out something. So I was like, I'm not ever wearing this again because the division rivals at the time, Cam Newton was there. I mean it was it was Cam Newton versus Drew Brees. Both these teams were good. I hated them. So I was like, I'm gonna buy the most expensive thing <laughs> they've got. I'm I'm gonna really stick it to the Panthers. And so I walked out with a Luke Keekly jersey. Number
0: fifty nine. Keekly.
1: Fifty nine. And so I was uh Luke Keekly has not been in my mind for Since several he retired, years now. what, four years, I mean, three, four years ago? Yeah. Yeah, since you know his brain turned to mush. <laughs> uh Probably the most uh, historically active uh, concussion streak mm. that's ever been documented. But but when he was uh, healthy, man. I was Googling. Oh, man, he was great. Uh, but I was Googling Famous 59s like I do for every episode every week. And uh, I wanted to shout out initially, I was like, well, this is perfect because he is currently a the head coach of an NFL team that is shocking the world right now. Yep. Damico Ryan's was the first yep. one that I saw. That was like Luke Keekly and I immediately jumped out of my chair and ran downstairs <laughs> and found my jersey. Like it's Luke Keekly jersey day. I have not worn this shirt this jersey since October the thirtieth, two thousand and fourteen. And so uh and I wore that at halftime, went up into the stands, took it off, and was wearing my <laughs> New Orleans Saints shirt underneath it <laughs> as we yeah. watched the game. What a, what a perfect way yeah. to wear.
0: We're getting into some cool numbers. We're going yeah. to get some big uglies, starting with episode number 60 next yeah, week, yeah. Uh, our Thanksgiving episode, but what a perfect time to break the jersey back out in celebration of episode number 59, one year of this podcast. Well yeah. done, sir.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. I'm yeah. excited to wear it. You know, yeah.
0: nine years. All right, man, tell me what was the, let's start with our beef. Let's get that out of the way first. What was your beef this week? You got anything that happened?
1: Oh, putting me on the spot. We're going to start this podcast off with the worst thing that happened. Just get week. it out of the way, man, so um, we can celebrate. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's been a pretty good week. I'd have to say my beef is going – I'll just keep it simple because we're talking about it later. But it was just how quickly the game ended Saturday night in the old Miss-Georgia game. I had a big cookout at the house for a quote-unquote Friendsgiving, uh, as people like to call it. Uh, and so, I had a bunch of Ole Miss fans over. Uh, we cooked out, had a bunch of our neighbors and, you know, local friends over, and we watched the game, and it just got out of hand. Uh, not as out of hand, though, as the Mississippi State game that we'll talk yeah. about later. But um, – or or the Arkansas game that we'll talk about later. You know, or the Tennessee game that we'll <laughs> talk about later. <laughs> just a week of Foreshadowing. but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So that's that's my beef. It's just uh you know, I didn't expect to win. I told you guys on the podcast I'd be shocked if we won, but I was shocked to see that we were not in the same yeah. league as the Georgia football team. I wasn't shocked so. to see
0: that you weren't in the same league, but it was an absolute take your lunch money. You text me sometime late like late, late that night and like, Well tonight sucked, like, Yeah, it really did. <laughs> I'm
1: I'm I I believe my exact quote was I sent you the Kelly Ubre tweet about him getting hit by a car. And I said, I also feel like I got hit by a car tonight. <laughs> I'm like, can't, can't relate. Can't relate. You know, yeah. it's a – it's yeah. a You know, I was, I was at church Sunday and, like, everybody there, like most churches in Mississippi is Ole Miss or Mississippi State, uh, except our preacher there who's a young guy. I mean, he's 34, 35. Uh, real cool guy. We, I mean, we're for, I'd consider him a close friend. He's a diehard Razorback, and so we just all were in a huddle before church started, and we were all just kind of like, well, "We're all in mean, the yeah. same boat, right?" Like none of us want to talk about boat yeah,
0: man. And that's kind of my beef. Kind of leads into my beef this week. We're going. We're going to go straight sports. You know, normally for our listeners, we kind of give you a little, little sprinkle of conversation here that may not be so much sports. But oh well. Get, wait till I <laughs> no get boy. to my
1: best. We're going to have. We're going to talk about something. else. I love it. Well, me. my
0: my beef is also. You know it's it kind of parlays into my best and it's it's the the situation that Zach Garnett was in you know it was a tough situation he inherited a talented football team but he made mistakes in trying to revamp the offense and do a lot of things differently and I just hate that it ended the way that it did for him he's a good dude he's a great defensive coordinator if you've been living under a rock you know you didn't know maybe not but Zach Garnett was relieved of the head coaching duties of the Mississippi State football team and if you know, if I'm a guy like Lincoln Riley, I've already called him for a job. But we'll get into that here in just a little bit. Yes, um,
1: he could start tomorrow. But, yeah, they have, ain't got They don't have one. <laughs>
0: um, but I just hate the situation he was put in with Coach Leach, Leach passing last year at such an inopportune time. I mean, there's never a good opportunity to pass away, but um, it was just a tough time to pass away, and and really left the program in you know <laughs> a, a dire situation. And then,
1: <laughs> just such a I know, man, it is like. That. I mean, it's just such an inopportune time. Know. For and know. And as I said that, know? I'm like,
0: I got to backtrack here.
1: <laughs> like, the same thing I thought about my boss. Like, <laughs> yeah. what was he thinking? You know, <laughs> like, uh, to
0: our <laughs> listeners, I apologize.
1: <laughs> it's been a day. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, I told I, I'm rebuilding a substation right now, and I've said on many occasions, like, Danny just had to go down dive me. Like. Miss, miss you yeah. now more than ever. Yeah, can't relate. <laughs>
0: uh, but, yeah, you know, shout out Zach Arnett. Um Hate that it went down the way that it did. That's my, my beef is how it – the situation he was in, how it ended uh, for such a great defensive coordinator and just a good dude. So, uh, that's my beef for the week. How about – all right, hit me with your best. What you got?
1: Yeah, let's say we'll go with my best. I'm sure yours is going to go right, right into, into it, it baby. Church here. And uh, my best of the week was I tried my hand at a smoked <sighs> turkey. Uh, and so – uh, as I've talked about on this podcast, I was given a green egg for a wedding present from friend of the podcast, Andrew Farrell, Farrell's Home and Outdoor. Uh, can't tell you the new address, but I used to be able to rattle off that old radio yeah. commercial. Farrell's uh, Home and Outdoor. 807 outdoors. South Parkway, 1609 South Harbour Road in Corinth, your coconut <laughs> headquarters. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I've always wanted to smoke something. On. I've always grilled on it burgers or, you know, whatever, the run of the meal, thrown in a pizza every once in a while. I was like, I want to smoke something. So me and Haley got to talking and like – well, I want to host a Thanksgiving thing for our friends here locally. And so we had four of our closest family friends, you know, come over. And I was like, I'm going to go roast – I'm going to go smoke a turkey. And so uh, we went to – we had a date night Friday night. So Haley and I went to Corinth, went to Kroger. And funniest thing, you're going to get a kick out of this. So it was just me and Haley, and so we are just – I'm just being silly. You know, it was just me and her, the kids, to get to, like, be a kid. And so every time we'd walk around the aisle, I'd be like, where's them birds at? I need a bird. I need a bird. And so it turned around and I where are the birds at? And I was, finally saw them, like, in the corner. I was like, there's them <laughs> birds. And, you know, just took off running. and said, honey, come look at these birds. And so they're frozen, oh, yeah. you know, in the shrink wrap oh, yeah. thing with the netting around it, whatever. We get up to pay, and... There's a 17-year-old guy that is, say, hey. What reaction. up, B.B.? And uh, uh, there's a 17-year-old kid that is running the cash register. And we know he's 17 because he had to, right the week before we got up there, somebody was trying to buy some alcoholic <laughs> beverages. And he had to get on the intercom and said, well, someone over than 18, older than 18 come help me. <laughs> <laughs> so, And so I'm just like, we get up there and I said, hey. Look at them birds. What do you think about them birds? And he was just like, "I'm just not the birds," you And <laughs> he slides And it I said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's an 18-year-old kid that was bagging it. And I said, "What do you think about them birds?" He's like, oh, "They're nice." I was like, "You know how you can tell if it's a good bird or not?" He says, "How?" I said, "Slap it. You'll know." <laughs> <laughs> and I'll do the sound effects. He, and to keep in mind these are frozen <laughs> turkeys. And he just, I got two of them. He just. He just looks at me. He goes, "That's a good bird." I said, "I know." And he he uh, scans it, goes to the next one, slaps it, and he looks at Hay. And he goes, "That's a good bird." And he to his coworker, he said, "How hey, you know how to tell if they're good birds or not? Slap them and find out." An Eighteen year old kid, the bag, and it slaps both birds. He said, "Them some good birds." And look, he was like, "Told you those were some good birds." <laughs> and we just had a big kick out of it. But I got. Saturday, we, I put both them birds, I seasoned them, and I put them on the grill for five hours at 275 degrees, and let me tell you something, Rusty, I've never created such a delicious delicacy in my life, I sent you pictures of three birds yeah, you did. on Saturday you did. With, uh, with you and Lauren, and, uh, <laughs> and y'all sent me a picture of two birds, and I responded with a picture of three, uh, two of which were on the grill. And uh, I'm telling you, those people, I told them when they walked in, I said, you better eat all you want. You can have all you you can want. But you're not taking any leftovers, and we're still eating yeah. turkey. Yeah, man. <laughs> so that's my best. It was literally the best turkey I've ever. I saw something out. the
0: other day, not all that long ago, actually. It said, "When men turn thirty, you have two choices: you get really into smoking meats, or really into World War II history. There's no in between."
1: I'm glad you went. And it could go. It goes. I'm glad you went the, go, way you went the, the appropriate way, so you can feed your yeah. family. You know, oh, smoke meat. Yeah, uh, I love. I'm already thinking about what I'm going to do next. I'm going to try listen, some. Listen, I. Uh,
0: this would have been circa like i got a smoker as a wedding gift way back in a previous life and uh this would have Uh been circa like 2010 or 11 and i bought uh like like i think it was like a dozen chicken quarters like the leg quarters and Uh i brined them overnight in a cooler and then i rubbed them down real good with a cajun rub uh, soaked them in apple juice and then i was injecting apple juice in them as they smoked and had invited some people over to watch the daytona 500 and um, right, yeah, man. We had about again, we had about a dozen, maybe it's more than that, maybe like 18 chicken leg quarters, and there were six people there, and there were no chicken leg quarters. We got done, dominated no. those things, man. Just oh my god, yeah. something about yeah, see, I birds did the... on a smoker, man. It's just hard to beat.
1: Yeah, I know. <clears throat> I uh, I had I injected them with Cajun, uh, the Zataran's Cajun mm-hmm. liquid stuff. And then I just – I didn't have a rub or anything, but I had some Cajun sauce that we just use on French fries or whatever, and I just mm-hmm. coated it. And it was crunch the, – like the skin, because I didn't brine it or anything, but so like the skin was oh, like yeah. crunchy. And, oh, man, it mm. was it mm. was fine. I mean, the picture looked yeah. incredible. I mean, they looked good. I almost so – The taste of it was – I almost <laughs>
0: hopped on the first flight back to Memphis, you know, to get, get back home to see it, you know, since my, my invite got lost <laughs> yeah. in the mail. I started to come on back anyway. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Well, hey, you you got a picture when I put them on the grill. You had five hours to find <laughs> a plane, and you had I time. I did. You know? I guess that's on me. So, <laughs> all right, tell us your worst of the, or your best thing that happened. It's going to sound
0: insensitive, but the best thing that happened was Zach Arnett getting fired. The Mississippi State program, our team has been getting consistently worse since Arizona, and the losing the fan base, in turn losing NIL money, and it was the time. You know, we talked about it in our group chat this week, and I think the timing was to prevent – any more regression in our NIL money that we're going to need to rebuild this program next year at the transfer portal and god bless him Zach Arnett had shown no signs of life in this program that he was going to be able to turn it around that he was the guy that was going to lead us back into prominence and so Drew it is officially plane tracking season in startville mississippi we need to get our logins ready for our USA flights so we can know what planes are being chartered in and out of Columbus airport because uh, that's where all the people fly in if you're coming to Star Bowl. And so it is officially plane tracking season. You know, Drew, we'll kind of go right into the, to the coaching search. Like I told you today, Nick Saban has not come out and said no to the Mississippi State head coaching job. He might be looking for a new challenge. He, he is not. <laughs> he has not denied interest. No, interest he is not. <laughs> <In Mississippi State. laughs> neither has Bill Belichick. Neither has insert any coach here. But we've been talking about it kind of yeah. all week, and we'll kind of go right into that. Um, I, you know, again, I, I don't want to sound insensitive to the situation, but it was the right move. And I got a short list of coaches that I would prefer, and we can kind of you know, talk through this. And um,
1: well, let's uh, <clears throat> let's go big yeah. picture first. All right, so let's talk about the firing of yeah. Zach Arnett. I know, and I allow me just to play devil's advocate. Ultimately, I'll I'll just lay my card on the table. Uh, I think it's a move that had to be made. Uh, However, I do think there are some potentially costly side effects. Uh and side effects that obviously was not unexpected. Uh the AD knew that there sure. was going to questions like sure. this were going to come up and he made the decision sure. anyways. Well, this is a decision I think that you know, 6040 probably yeah. should have been made. Uh one So, we Mississippi State is currently Four and five, right? Nine games in the season. He's coached ten games as a Mississippi State head coach. Oh, I guess one game as an interim and nine games as a head coach in Mississippi State. Uh, He has not had a full recruiting class, a recruiting season yet. And uh, he came in and he changed the identity of a team. And his identity, the way he wants to run a team, was never able to actually – It was only an idea. There was never a chance for him to actually act on it or to pursue that identity that he had as a coach. And so I'm curious as to what the pitch is for the next head coach that has questions. You know, obviously the question is going to be, well, you fired your last coach after nine games without, you know, how do you respond to that? How do you respond to somebody who says, are you just going to can me after a Are you going to actually let me rebuild?
0: So my rebuttal to that is this was not Zach Selman's guy. This was not the hire that he made. Arnett was already in place when Selman got the job. We let, you know, our, our Mark Keena made this hire right. as, the, as university president because John Cohen had already gone to Auburn, thankfully.
1: Right. Um,
0: So to answer that, like, Selman did what he needed to do like any AD would do. If you – like watching the national media cover this, it's it's a great case of tell me you haven't watched any Mississippi State football without telling me you haven't watched any Mississippi State football. Because if you've actually watched a product on the field, it is getting worse and worse and worse. To the point that Texas A&M gave up 10 points to Mississippi State and then they fired their coach. Like that is a (laughs) fireball offense that this (laughs) offense scores 10 points on you. And – yeah. That was already in the works. I'm, that's I'm well not why aware. Listen, got fired. but that was that was that was a great push out the door. Yeah. It is it is a funny yeah. storyline. Yeah. You go out and you beat the brakes <laughs> off Mississippi State, but you gave up ten points to them. The academic weapon and the whole offense, you got to go.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that's true. I do. You did see a a steep downward trajectory, uh, even after your one SEC win being at, on the road at Arkansas always scored We played baseball points. that day. <laughs> you know, that says more about yeah. Arkansas than it did 100%. about Mississippi State. It Mississippi State seems to be a team that is, that is give up yep. on the season. Uh, like you said, it was one of your your bulleted points for saying Mississippi State is going to go eight and four this year was how senior, heavy, or, or experience-laden yep. they were yep. as a team. And to have that team – what it said to me was there was a lot of guys that's hoping to keep at, keep healthy yeah. for the portal. You know, they gave up early. And a lot of – you know, Dan Mullen had a losing season, his first season at Mississippi State. You know, he then turned it around. You know, he was taken over for Croom, ran a different – totally different offense. And then uh, – and then Mullen came in. They were really bad in first year. But he had time to kind of get his players. And so I can understand a coach, especially a coach that may be a hotshot young guy that's going to be at the group of five level that wants his first crack at a power five school, an SEC mm-hmm. school, to be like, is this going to tank my career if you don't give me yeah. the chance to, to – to build what I yeah. want to build, you
0: know. I mean, I get that, you know, he's trying to put his mark on it. But, you know, this was a team that won nine games last year. We could have very easily won eight or nine more this year with that, that experience, especially now at this point of the season, seeing how bad the SEC, really, the, the SEC's is down this year. Like, if Mike Leach is the head football coach, we beat Kentucky, uh, we beat Auburn, uh, we beat South Carolina. Like there are, there's three wins right there, and this is a completely different season. Right.
1: That's fair. And yeah. it's
0: just tough. It's a tough situation. It was, it was, it was an emotional hire, but it was the right hire because you're trying to keep a recruiting class, you're trying to keep the players together and not have a mass exodus because you're thinking that, all right, we're going to promote from within, so we're going to keep it much more, you know, in line with what we've been for the last three or four years. And instead, Arnett tries to reinvent the wheel with air raid players. And I bought into that because I thought that, like he had said, he was not going to do that. And then that's exactly what he turned around and did.
1: And, you know, I've told you I've got a source on Will Rogers. Mm -hmm. And Will Rogers was told that they were going to have a more open, high-tempo, wide-open offense. Never and ever it never happened and Will Rogers feels 100% like and too.
0: so and, and we all do as yeah. a fan base and so I think that you know Barbe's gone like he's gonna they're, they're gonna get a new guy that's gonna come in and clean house and it's tough we're gonna like we're yeah. not on the same tier as A&M from a national brand money standpoint obviously they had somebody walk up to Ross Bjork on the sideline and hand him a 160 million dollar check Yeah,
1: we'll and, get to that. and so yeah. we
0: can't compete with that but I'm Part of me is I'm glad of the timing. It happened when it did because we're a step ahead of Arkansas. Because you know Pittman's going to get fired. And so, we're now – we're not tampering, but we're making phone calls, kicking some tires.
1: We're going to get back to Sam Pittman, too, because I want to talk about that and I want to talk about A&M after we get done with State. Um, I'm making a note of that. Two on convince me. I'm a a head coach looking for a job in the SEC – uh, I've said on this podcast, and I think I'm right, and I think you think I'm wrong, but I would almost bet my house on it. Mississippi State is 13th in the SEC when it comes to NIL and obtaining players, and getting out in front of that, hiring a new coach is a way to excite the fan base in order to gain some traction in NIL because there's only one way that you're going to get players nowadays, and you've got to yeah. pay them. And so what does – uh? Selman say to say your, your guy that you want uh, from Liberty he says what's the NIL situation what, what do you tell him on that sure. when he says how do I get players what's I think your pitch? that
0: you know, Selman comes from a blue blood. Selman comes from a program that can get any player that they want in Oklahoma. So he's got some experience in a system like that. He knows how to create that. Mississippi State's never going to be able to compete with the Alabamas and the Georgias. And you may be right, 12th or 13th is probably a good spot of where we are right now. But there's no reason that with the money that Starful has, the money that some of our alumni have, that we can't compete with the, middle, the other middle of the pack SEC teams. It'd be a top 10, top 8 NIL money team. Selman has the experience in fundraising with that because that was part of his duties as assistant AD out in Oklahoma, was fundraising for NIL and fundraising across the board. And so he can step in and say, look, like this is my program now. I'm going to run it how we ran in Oklahoma, and I'm going to generate that money. There's money to be made. We just got to go get it. We haven't had a product that is worth that so far, and this is my opportunity to prove that we can do that. And so I think that if you get a guy that's motivated to win, like a Jamie Chadwell, That could be music to his ears of, hey, man, listen, you're winning on these small schools. Help me help you. And you help me create that product now at SEC School.
1: Yeah. And you've got to come up with the money. And Selman's going to have to empty his Rolodex. You know, he's going to have to go through everybody he's got. And I don't know how much money's at State. You know, Ole Miss is at a weird kind of thing where, you know, Ole Miss is the knock on Ole Miss is that. Uh, oh, they're all lawyers and crooked and, you know, dirty, rotten scoundrels. But it is people who typically have their degrees, what they're known for is their law school and their med school. And so there is like an avenue for raising money. I'm, I'm curious where state goes to generate that outside of, you know, you're obviously going to have a crowdfunding campaign sure. from fans. But there's money but in blue collar for too. The high there's money stuff, in blue collar. You know?
0: Big farmer, big ag. Agriculture is big, uh, agriculture's huge in the state of Mississippi, and most of those cats went to it Mississippi is. State. And so, these are guys that you're going to have to go tap in, and you need somebody that's from that neck of the woods. A guy like Dan Mullen, whose name keeps coming up on Twitter, and I, like I told you the other day, next person that mentions mention Dan Mullen or Gus Malzahn, I'm going to punch him right in the mouth. But a guy like Jamie Chadwell, who is from Tennessee, he's a southern guy, he can connect with some of these blue-collar guys, might be the guy that can get some of those caps that aren't donating yet to start donating to start padding those pockets.
1: All right, so you're not on the Dan Mullen camp? in the. Dan Why Mullen would you – like he left – He,
0: like I said in our text chain the other day, he took – I am very grateful for what he did for Mississippi State. He had us – we were the first ever number one team in the college football playoff poll in 2014. I was at that game we beat albert to get that like he took us to the pinnacle and he he maxed out what he could do at mississippi state i'm i'm, I'm owning that right here on this podcast i'm appreciative of what he did yes. like he took us as high as yes. he could take NBA. our program and then he left for a better job i don't blame him he went right. to florida that's a national brand all he did was then take them to two new year six bowls and have a heisman finalist but why right. would you want to go back to the one that left you at the altar
1: you know what I mean? Like he took you to the pinnacle. Oh, see, so yeah, I think if this is if this is only about pride and if you think So No 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 I'm not I wasn't done there's if it's, it's not only about pride, about pride, you've got to It's put not about away. pride
0: because he took us there, so he's going to be looking for that next step. This is just another opportunity, A. B, is their coaching burnout because he got burned in Florida. He's making a ton of money broadcasting, so who's to say he doesn't come back? Oh, I don't like it. And he's gone again. I just don't have the, – the trust factor for me is just not there anymore. He left us once before, thing whatever, um, and he left us in a, in a good spot to go to a better program. I'm not mad at that, but I don't know that he wouldn't do that again. And a guy, so, on, a guy like a Jamie Chadwell or a guy like a Jeff Levy who's coming in and proving themselves and then going to a better job is different to me than Dan Mullen coming in because I don't think Dan Mullen's going to win at Mississippi State and then go to Oklahoma or go to Texas. He'll go back to the booth. But a guy like Jamie Chadwell, as you said on this podcast, if he comes in and he wins, he's doing great, and then all of a sudden he goes to Florida State or he goes to Texas or he goes to Ohio State, it's because we're winning and starving. right? And I would much rather hitch my right. wagon to a guy like that than Dan Mullen.
1: So, uh, for the record, as mm-hmm. an Ole Miss fan, I would be happy with you hiring Dan Mullen because I don't think he's got it anymore. I think with Dan Mullen, you've got his Mississippi State career. You're right. They should put a statue up of him, honestly. But he cannot be separated from Dak mm-hmm. Prescott. And – What he is so good, whatever credit he gets, Dak gets that and a little more. 100%. And, sure, he was good outside of Dak. He was fine with Nick Fitzgerald. He was okay a little before Dak. But his money, his breadwinning, his successes that ended up getting him the job at Florida was on the shoulders of Dak Prescott. And he is older now. He has not been in the game since NIL took over. He's only talked about it. He has not been in the trenches recruiting this, and so that's why I think that it would be a poor decision for Mississippi State to go back yep. to Dan Mullen. I don't agree with you. If you get the chance to hire Gus Malzahn, you go hire. To I Gus don't Malzahn. love that
0: hire. I, I, uh, I don't. I don't think it's an awful hire. I do think there's better out there.
1: Um, you know what you're getting with yeah. Gus, though. Gus is a dynamic offensive guy. He's still in college football. He's never left. I mean, he got. Fired from Auburn and bought out. Immediately went to UCF. He just took UCF on the road Oklahoma. and beat Oklahoma mm-hmm. State forty-five yeah. to three, the week after they won their last of ever the, bedlam. Call it a letdown, emotional loss, whatever. Of those two, I he they I, haven't. I don't hate him. Gus Miles
0: on of those two. I don't. I think there are better options, yeah. but if it's those yeah, two, I'll take fine. Gus Miles on. Some of the other right. options that we'll kind of. So,
1: no, let me. Uh, you you mentioned Jeff Lebby too. I think that that would be a home run higher. I think that Jeff Lebby would not come to Mississippi State except for one thing, and he's got some fam- familial ties that are going to be a real barrier for him if he's in a 50-50 race for a big-time Power 5 job. Say say um, Oklahoma comes open. Sure, he could; they could hire Jeff Lebby, but if they like Jeff Lebby as much as they like the next guy... They're going to remember that Jeff Lebby's father-in-law is mm-hmm. Art Bryles and that he went to bat for Art sure. Bryles. and a place like Mississippi State, they don't care about that for the same reason that Ole Miss basketball did not. They went ahead and hired Chris Beard mm-hmm. anyways. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's what you yeah. got to lose. Sure. You know, whereas a blue blood program like an Oklahoma or USC or Can Michigan, be selective. You know, it could be it could be the tiebreaker that's right. against you. He, is that you? You married a yeah, and, and
0: and also in his corner is he worked with Zach Selman when Selman was at Oklahoma. They have that working connection, right. And that and that goes right. a long way.
1: I think if you can hire, I don't think you can, but I do think that. If you can hire Jeff Lebby, you go get I, you him. You know, I Lebby. think
0: that he's definitely down the list. Again, so we've talked about it kind of around the bush. Jamie Chadwell, former Coastal Carolina head football coach, currently at Liberty. Real quick funny story about him. I met him on a couple occasions when he was here at, at Coastal. I ran in some circles that I was able to have dinner with him a couple times. And we. I introduced myself said, yeah, you're a Delta State. I used to go to baseball camp there. I grew up in Mississippi. You know, we talked a little bit. And he got up to give his speech, and he's like, I'm going to tell a story because I always do, but no offense to my Mississippi buddy over there. I'm like, oh, God. He's like, all right, so I was the head coach at Delta State for one year, and he said, and my wife was pregnant with our first child, our first son. And he said, we're going into church one Sunday morning there in Cleveland, Mississippi, and her water breaks. He said, oh, baby, we're going to have a baby. This is exciting. I'm You know, let's go. And he said, my wife turned to looked at me and says, Jamie, our child cannot be born in the Mississippi. <laughs> And he said, (laughs) all right. So we got in the car. We drove two hours to Memphis. And that child was born in Memphis, Tennessee. And I said, listen, no no offense taken. I've been to Cleveland, Mississippi. I get it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh well, I guarantee you his wife will feel a lot better if he's making six. Million As the head football a coach
0: at Mississippi State, so yeah. Again, Mississippi ties. He recruited the area at Delta State for his one year, not on the same level, but he at least has some ties there. He's from Tennessee. His dream job is Tennessee. That's that's well known because that's where he's from. But again, if Tennessee steals him from Mississippi State, it's because we're winning. But he's a proven winner. He came to Coastal and took him to ten and uh, eleven and 0, then ten and two. He's currently got Liberty undefeated. You make some great points. They got that church money. Then Baptists be tithing, so they're going to pay him
1: whatever he wants. It's not just Baptist money; that is. I, that's what I'm saying. You get got that church money. Buy this holy you got water that. for ninety. That's it, 99. man.
0: You you sitting on your own couch to quote Ron White? If you're sitting on your couch naked eating Cheetos, you need to send me a hundred dollars. Money <laughs> sitting in there, right? They can afford anything they want, and yeah. they're getting the talent that they're fixing to go just work Conference USA. So I mean, he's going to win a million yeah, games, but. I mean, it's Conference USA, and if the SEC calls and offers you $5, $6 million to go prove yourself, you take that phone call, man, and you take that job.
1: Again, Devils advocate. Uh, so, Jamie Chadwell at Liberty making $3 million. That is by far the most the coach is making in the group yeah. of five. It is money that's not going anywhere. He will make that as long as he gets there because at Liberty in the Conference USA, he is going to go undefeated every year unless he plays a major a power five non-conference game. And so if you're Jamie Chadwell and you, you say Tennessee's my dream yeah. job, okay? So would you go to Mississippi State where they're in total rebuild mode, total shambles mode? Yes, it's a blank slate. And yes, maybe they can get some NIL money together, you know. Or I'm making $3 million a year in – what I think is the best job in the world because you're going to go undefeated every year. You're going to make $3 million a year. Or do I just stay here for another year and see what's open? Or do I slow play Mississippi State and see if, say, Dabo gets hired at Texas A&M and see if I can get a job at Clemson? You know, that's the thing. Is sure. Like, how long do you drag sure. your feet? If it's just Mississippi State in this coaching cycle, sure, take your start, shot at Mississippi State. I just wonder if he's going to Sure, gonna and, and that's a – Because he is a a name. He is a name. He is a lower level. He's up and coming. But that is a recognizable up and comer. Hundred percent.
0: And I met Jamie on a couple occasions. He is a competitor. He wants to win.
1: Say that one more time. Let us know you know Jamie Chadwick. Listen, man, I
0: ain't got very many claim to fame. I'm gonna take what I get. (laughs) He's a competitor. He wants to win. Like that's where he's at. And guys like that aren't complacent, making three million dollars, dominating a conference. Sure, you're going to go dominate Conference USA, make three, $3 million, and make these at-large bowls, but you're beating up on North Texas. When you have an opportunity yeah, to come to Mississippi State, prove yourself in the SEC. The SEC is in a, in a changing period. There's a lot of things changing with NIL. It's leveled the playing field significantly. I think that's why the SEC is quote-unquote down. I think it's just more competitive across the board. This is your opportunity to prove yourself at a big school. You won at Coastal Carolina in the fun belt. You're winning at Liberty as an independent slash CUSA uh, participant.
1: Right. Like
0: you're winning at small schools, that's great. What can you do at a big-time program? Because the step from Mississippi State to Tennessee, I feel like, is a lot smaller than a Liberty to Tennessee. Because Tennessee, is as, as bad yeah, as they are in, in most years, they're still a national brand that can get just about any coach that they want. And so...
1: Right. Well, Tennessee's <laughs> rolling right now. Hypel ain't going anywhere
0: for the foreseeable the future. Tenne-
1: the Tennessee thing. I mean, he's not going to have the Tennessee job unless there's right. a scandal. Because Hypel's you know? there.
0: The only. The, I think the only team that would take him away would be Oklahoma, and they had bad blood when they broke up. So that may not even be the case. Hypel's got a great situation there. So maybe you stay at Liberty and you wait it out. Or again, maybe you come to Mississippi State and you prove yourself an SEC West team. You win eight, nine, ten games, and then you get a Clemson, or then you get a you know Notre Dame, or you then you take that next step to move up.
1: Okay, so let's go down your list here. Uh, who is which uh, uh, Willie Fritz.
0: Today? You know, we've talked about him kind of personally, you and I. Um, he's in his 60s. That's one of the, the qualms against him. But he is winning at Tulane, a historically bad college. Like, they have not been good. I, I was talking with a friend of the podcast, uh, Ryan Mimir, today. He's a Tulane grad. This is the best they've been since the 30s, when they won an SEC championship in, like, 1934, right? And so he's got them right. pointing in the right direction. He yes, he's older. He's probably got a shorter shelf life than a Jamie Chatwell or a Mike Elko or a Jeff Lebby that we've already talked about. Elko's coming, but he's proving that he can recruit at a high level at a school with limited resources. He's winning. You know, they they're very competitive with Ole Miss. We're not what? We're not even a year removed from them beating USC in the Cotton Bowl. He's winning at a high level. He knows the South, right? Cuz he's recruiting out of New Orleans, getting kids to come to New Orleans and play at Tulane. And he's a program changer. When he got to Tulane, they were winning two games at most a year. Last year, they were a top fifteen team. This year, they're a top twenty-five team. Willie Fritz would be my number two guy. Um, we kind of glossed over one going right into Jamie Chadwell, and I'll get your thoughts on Willie Fritz. I think a phone call that you make, and I'm I'm owning it right here. We're not there's a there's a very small chance that we get him, but I think a phone call that you make is offensive analyst at USC, Cliff Kingsbury. He's in the Mike Leach coaching tree. I think you kick the tires. You make him tell you no. Like, he probably has – you know, a is probably more likely a destination for him than Mississippi State because of his Texas ties and where he grew up and playing at Tech.
1: He was O.C. O.C. At and so he's
0: got ties there. But that's a phone call that you make and at least say, hey, man, what do you think about coaching at Mississippi State? So those would be my two that I would yeah. say next, and then I've got two more after that. Uh, well, one more. We've already talked about Levy. Right. But I would say Kingsbury is a call that you make. He's an offensive genius. He can help, you know, rebuild a program. Does he say yes? Probably not. But that's the phone call you make and Willie Fritz.
1: Yeah, so on Fritz, you kind of outlined my uh, devil's advocate here is that he's 60 in his mid-60s. Uh, he has built a program uh, that's really good with a really good quarterback. Uh, he's coming off, uh, read the last few games that they've had it at at Tulane. Seven point win against North Texas, a two point win against Rice, a three point win against East Carolina, and a two point win against Tulsa. So he's eking them out. And trust me, I'm pulling for Tulane because I want them in the Access Bowl so that we're not playing the group of five team in the (laughs) Access Bowl because they won't do a rematch. I think I talked about that last week. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't want to play Liberty or, you know, SMU or Memphis Mm -hmm. or whoever comes out of the group of five. So, um, yeah, Fritz, I feel like that's a safe hire. I feel like that's the last call you make. Uh, Cliff, it's just not going to I mean, happen. I'm not saying uh, it is, but it's the phone yeah. call you make. Again, like you said, Nick Saban hasn't <laughs> said no yet. That's it. You so. call all these people. man. <laughs> Selman, if I'm Selman, <laughs> yeah. I
0: called Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, Urban Meyer, G- Jim Harbaugh. I've called them all. Just making sure they're not interested. Well, I'm
1: going to tell you this. Cliff Kingsbury, uh, to my recollection, has never been a college head coach. He's been mm. a coordinator. Uh, I believe – you know, Arizona probably made a mistake by hiring Cliff Kingsbury. The yeah. Arizona Cardinals. Um, I also think I can't envision Cliff just his what his perception is really loving to recruit. Yeah, you know I'm what I'm saying? saying. Like he is not yeah. gonna. He is not a trench. And he kind ain't of guy, a Starville, you know? Mississippi kind of guy. He's much <laughs> no, more he of a not, of a
0: maybe like a Gainesville, Florida, or he ain't yeah, Miami. He, looks, he ain't he coming look, to Starville.
1: Yeah, he looks like Hollywood. Uh, he, you know, Dion has made it very known that he ain't never coming back mm-hmm. to Mississippi. And I feel like Cliff is going to have that same mindset. I, it. I, it. I get it. You know, we love yeah. ourselves here. Nobody else uh, does. <laughs> public persona. <laughs> yeah. Every, every, uh, all right, every other think, state's man? motto
0: is thank God for Mississippi, but... Um, and the last yeah. name is Mike Elko at Duke. Those are the ones that, or no, two more. So Mike Elko at Duke, you'd be a, oh, another home run hire. He can recruit at a high level. He's winning at a program that has high standards academically that's hard to get in. Um, they, they've kind of limped to the finisher towards the end of the year. They've had a lot of injuries, but Mike Elko is a name that's going to come up in a lot of jobs. I think he's on a, he's on a list at AM, he'll be on a list at Arkansas. He's the name that's going to come up consistently. Um, and then my last one is Rhett Lachey. If nothing else, Thank you, exactly. If nothing else, so that we can hear these Mississippi guys try and butcher his last name, much like I just did. Those SMU teams score points by the truckload. And high-powered offense, it kind of would back up that air raid well. And so those would be my last two candidates uh, for the Mississippi State head coaching job.
1: All right, so Mike Elko, he he is in his second year at Duke, correct? All right, so last year he went... Why do they not have the numbers here? Oh, there it is. Eight and four overall, five and three in conference. Conference wins against uh, uh, Virginia, Miami, Boston College, Virginia Tech, and mm-hmm. Wake. Um, This year, I'm going to make an argument for Mike Elko that you're not going to like, and it is that nobody would know who Mike Elko was if they didn't beat Clemson in week one a Clemson team that has struggled mightily this year. Like I said, I'm just devil's advocate. I think he's a good Mm -hmm. coach. But when people are talking about him like A&M or Mississippi, especially A&M, where they're just like, and I feel like they're throwing him out because he is the quote-unquote in-house option. He left. He was the D.C. at Texas A&M, so it makes sense that he may want to come back. I just don't understand. Like, he's solid. He's good. But especially at a school like a and M, I don't understand what the draw for him is. For them to want him is off of two pretty good seasons, I guess at, mm-hmm. at Duke, and it has been done mm-hmm. at Duke before. Like David won Cutcliffe yeah. had them in in a uh, six. had them in an access bowl against Johnny mm-hmm. Manziel. You know, Spurrier mm-hmm. won there way back before it's even relevant to this yeah. conversation. But I mean, it it can be done. Yes, it is harder, but I just don't. I think he'd be a great fit at Mississippi State. He seemed like a blue-collar guy. I think Mississippi State would have done had a huge mm-hmm. bump if uh, if they got Elko. I think it'd be a really big surge and be a lot of excitement to start if they got Elko. Because we all know the name Elko brings <laughs> championships.
0: It does, unfortunately.
1: And it's just like Mississippi State to oh go chasing God. after Ole Miss anyway, and go hiring. moving Elko. on. Uh, Rhett Lashley – got fired as the OC at Auburn. Yes, he's done good at SMU. I don't know that that would really excite yeah. me. I would that wouldn't be a name that. I mean, he's he's in the <clears throat> the vein of, you know, Willie Fritz for me. Like I think I think I'd actually go Fritz yeah. before I'd go Lashley and that's I mean, maybe that's just So l- recency buys. Looking maybe. at
0: the current odds on sportsbetting.ag, uh the next Mississippi State head coach odds are still what they were when I sent it to the group the other day. We got Jamie Chadwell at three to one odds. Jeff Levy four to one. Willie Fritz five to one. Lashley six and, and Lashley and actually Tom Herman are both at six to one.
1: No, Tom Herman is absolutely – I agree. I was He'd about to say, he's way. one that
0: I would call yeah. as well. a and probably going to call him too, but he won at a, at a high level at Texas.
1: He They are not going to go higher than <laughs> – I don't know, Texas man.
0: They, they need to win. They need to win bad. They will not um, But Tom Herman is a name that you – that's a guy you absolutely call because he's recruited at a high level at Texas. They won at a high level for a little bit. He kind of limped towards the finish there, but that's another one that you call. Another name, John Sumrall, we talked about him last week. I'm a big Troy, fan of John Turner. And then another one that's also intriguing is Lance Leopold at Kansas.
1: I don't think – you know, he's never coached south right. of Kansas before. You talk about the dynamic in mm-hmm. recruiting families in the south, in the deep south, especially black families from yeah. inner cities. Like, you've got to really – he recruited it, those I mean, farm it those. could come as a shell shock from somebody, though, that, that's not from sure. this area. Or hasn't had he's recruited experience.
0: them farm boys in the Midwest pretty well. He's got Kansas playing at a high level. He's an 8-1 to one odds to get the job. It's different. It is different in the South.
1: I mean, you, t- you hire him. Yeah, if he's interested, you, get, you, get the you take the hire. To but I him. think
0: you work through those yeah. names that I've already listed. Tom Herman, Jamie Chadwell, Willie Fritz, Jeff Levy. You work through those guys first. He's kind of down the list a little bit. but
1: Yeah, and I wouldn't put any stock at all. Mm on odds because Vegas is trying sure. to take 100% this is just uh, people yeah. bet
0: on everything I'm just giving you what the odds are out there and once again Nick Saban and Kirby Smart have not come out and said no <laughs> that's the last thing I'll say about it but hey, Yeah,
1: what's Bill Belichick I doing mean, next week can he come in I don't in know interviews? he keeps when's the, bo- when's the I don't know but bolly? he keeps getting caught in these little
0: apartments by Ring, Central, or Ring doorbell cameras leaving did you see that in their bye week, no, some, like, one-night stand, she released the video of him leaving from the ring doorbell camera shirtless. Yeah. Belichick? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah. no. no that it it was, real. man. He looks – like, he turns and looks, and it is Bill Belichick shirtless walking to his truck to leave. No. Look it up online, man. It is, a, it is out there. But speaking of head coaches yeah. that got fired, you know, it's tough when you beat a team by 41 points and you lose your job the next day. But
1: – Yeah, so the way this story is – is I don't want you to take no, any credit no. at all. I'm not. <laughs> okay, because this was Ole Miss's no, doing. God. It was
0: it was Jimbo Fisher's doing. They
1: voted Thursday after the Ole Miss loss. And the board, and Ross Bjork's going to take all the credit, but everybody knows money talks at Texas A&M, and Ross Bjork just wears mm-hmm. the empty suit in that athletic department. Uh, but, yeah, after Ole Miss wins off of a uh, walk-off blocked field goal, Jimbo Fisher's fate was sure. sealed. We'll say that. And then he just goes out. I think I genuinely think that he knew sure. Saturday he was getting But
0: here's fired. here's the, the reality of why he got fired. We'll come back out of that pie-in-the-sky plan there. But the final total of what Jimbo Fisher is going to make from A&M is he has made a total of $125.5 million. $30.4 million from eight to 2018 to 21. 22 to 23, he made $18 million. That's going to come out to a total of $2.8 million per win. Four point three million dollars per SEC win, and twelve and a half million dollars per top twenty-five win. That's why he's getting fired. That is some bad money, man. That you're having to pay twelve and a half million dollars per top twenty-five win. That's why he got fired.
1: What's the best job
0: in the fired world? Fired college football
1: coach, bro. To, to quote, to quote, yeah, Coach I'm O. You, nobody has fleeced anybody. No. You know. Bonnie and Clyde nothing. ain't got nothing on Jimbo My Fisher. I'm telling you, I feel so jealous of Jimbo Fisher right yep. now. He got – on in January, he's getting deposited into his account $19 million. And every January following that, he will get $8 to million dollars for seven years. And, and do nothing. And this is the thing. College football contracts, for coaches that get fired, there's typically offset language mm-hmm. is what it's called to where – Say Jimbo Fisher goes and takes a Mississippi State job, and Mississippi State says, we're going to pay you $3 million a year. Well, then Texas A&M would only be on the hook for the difference. So $6 million. There is no offset language in this contract, so it don't matter if he takes a job at Mississippi State making $100 million a year. A&M is still going to be on the hook for $8 million a year, for the next seven years. It's beautiful. I cannot imagine a better life than what Jimbo Fisher is going to have for the One next One of my seven favorite
0: years. stories, and I'm sure our listeners heard it at nauseam, is Coach O. When Coach O was interviewed after he had gotten canned at LSU, he, they said, what 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 happened? Tell us about the day you got fired. He said, I was sitting in my office, and they walked in there, and they said, hey, we're going to pay you $17 million to stay at the house. And I looked at him, and I said, brother, What door you want me to leave and what time you want me gone? What time you want
1: me gone, what door you want me to leave out of? (laughs) <laughs> and I that's it. I, I told yeah. today
0: we were we were doing a, uh in one of my work calls today we were doing like a gratitude and I was like I mine's gonna be an opposite of a gratitude. I'm gonna say I missed my calling. I should have been a fired head college football coach in this life because to get right. paid nineteen million dollars and, and the summation of you know one hundred and twenty five million dollars to go sit at the house right. and smoke turkeys on my green yeah. egg. Beautiful. I mean, I'm in, man. Let's go. Beautiful. Yeah.
1: What better gig yeah. is there. Mom, hey honey, where do you wanna go? You wanna go to Paris? You wanna go to Antarctica? You wanna go to Hawaii? You wanna go to moon? <laughs> Pack a That's bag. That's it. We you out. Know, you know, and, and notice you haven't heard a word from Ed Ogeron <laughs> since he walked out that door in Baton Rouge. And you're go, it's going to be the same. He's just like. Man, he's like 58 years old. He's. Obviously, doesn't have it anymore, and he's getting eight million dollars salary a year. He' like, gonna go sit on a lake somewhere. No. He's gonna
0: be like Coacho, because yeah, Coacho keeps popping up on these videos at the beach, running down the street, or dancing with some, uh, you right. know, peroxide blonde at a bar. Blonde. Like that's yeah. what Jimbo's gonna be yeah. doing, just at a lake in in East Texas somewhere, just just living yeah. life on a lake, <laughs> on
1: that's a lake said, beach, just
0: living life, man. And that's exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> have you seen quick quick sidebar? Have you seen the Nate Bargatze yes. SNL <laughs> on a lake beach? <laughs> yeah. Y'all got to go watch that. I'm not an SNL fan. I feel like like, me and Rusty both missed Mm -hmm. the prime of Mm -hmm. SNL, but the Nate Bargatze episode, he's He's a favorite of mine anyways. So funny. Um, But, yeah, Jimbo Fisher uh, is my hero. And, two –
0: Well, him and Jimmy Sexton. Him and Jimmy Sexton, his agent, who got that deal.
1: Yeah. But, hey, anybody would have made that deal. (sighs) That's fair. Like, they say Jimmy Sexton controls college football and – in a certain aspect, I guess they're right, but all he does is look out for their clients, and the market determines that the colleges have no say in them; like they have no negotiating power at all, given the contracts that other people are giving coaches around the world. It's just, it just, it yep. wasn't gonna happen. Yeah. So that's the now that's got the potential to really get a serious coaching carousel going around here. That job is a domino that could really spiral this thing. And it's got going to have some tentacles that affect Oxford, if I'm just being honest with you. Because Lane Kiffin Uh, didn't say no. Lane Kiffin is not a option at Texas A&M. That's coming from Texas A&M guys. The guy that broke the story that said Jimbo got fired said unequivocally Lane Kiffin is not a candidate at Texas a and All I'm saying is, is Lane
0: different. Kiffin did not outright say no.
1: That's fine. You're you're missing the point. You're 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 hoping too much. So the point is Lane Kiffin's never going to do this. And this is a totally different conversation. It's a conversation that I've had ad nauseum on this podcast. I wish that Lane would deny. This is what Dan Lanning, when asked about the A&M yeah. job, this is what Dan Lanning <laughs> I said. did. did he, you see it? I'm going to He nailed the quote. It. He handled it appropriately. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to read the quote for everybody here because this is what I would love to hear from Lane, okay? He said, um, oh, please, you got to be kidding me. It just reloaded. Um, Everything I want exists right here. I'm not going anywhere. There's zero chance I will be coaching somewhere else. I've got unfinished business here. There's a lot I want to accomplish here at Oregon. My number one priority is being elite at Oregon. He goes on to say, A lot of coaches hang on to these moments and don't do anything or say anything, one, because they don't want to have egg on their face when they decide to do something else, right? Two, because they're concerned about things I'm not concerned about, like getting a better contract. I'm taken care of extremely well here at Oregon. I'm not motivated by that. So um, that is definitely one way to handle it. He shut it down. I don't believe him one bit. See Nick
0: Saban circa 2007.
1: Yeah, Miami Dolphins, yeah. And so, it's, see, Tommy Tupperville, yeah. you know, he will forever be in known for in Oxford as the only way I'm leaving Oxford is in a pine box, and then he goes to Auburn. Well, they the may have day. carried him over there in so, a pine box. I mean, we don't know that. Yeah, yeah. And so, that's what I want out of Lane, though. But Lane's not going to do that. I've given up on him doing that. He likes to have his name out there. He's He's a prideful guy. He wants to have all the bargaining chips that he can have. Um, but he's just not going to do it. But Dan Lanning would be my first call at Texas yeah. A&M. Uh, if Dan Lanning does take that job at Texas A&M, that's when I worry about, about Oregon. Because I do think that Oregon is a job that would intrigue mm-hmm. Lane and that would talk. I would think Oregon should have more, and probably does, have more draw to Lane than um, Auburn. Lane. I think they have, He there he has um, a
0: real shot at the – college football playoff. Not that he – like Ole Miss, if it was a 12-team this year, they're right in the thick of it. But Oregon's going to have more resources. They've got the Nike money. They're going to have more opportunities for him. It's
1: Nike. It's flashy. Now, the the downside to Oregon is you're navigating a new conference. They're going to the Big Ten next year. We all know that Lane likes the beach, and you're going to go into the Pacific Northwest and then play a lot of games on the road in New Jersey, Michigan, Columbus, Ohio – Seattle, Washington, you know, you may get somewhere tropical every other, you know, to LA every once in a while. But I just don't think that personality wise, I don't think the Pacific Northwest is the destination. And it seems like destination matters. Like Lane wants to work somewhere that he enjoys Mm -hmm. being. You know, he always talks, you know, that's why Miami was so, everybody wanted to talk about Miami. It's because everybody knows that Lane loved living Mm -hmm. in Boca. You know, that he just loves that lifestyle. The Pacific Northwest is the exact opposite. But if we're just talking football, it yeah. makes sense. They've got Nike money, they've got Phil Knight, they've got the exotic uniforms, they've got national draw. Uh it's a good job and it's a job that I'd be nervous about Lane taking if I'm being totally True. honest with you. I don't think Dan I um, I don't think Dan Lane
0: is gonna leave. I think he's waiting for a bigger job. I think he's waiting for an Alabama, and Ohio State, something like that. I, I don't know that he leaves Oregon for A&M. He might. I just don't think so.
1: I'm going to say, if Dan Lanning does go to Texas A&M, and this is the same conversation we are having six years ago when Texas A&M hired Jimbo. If Dan Lanning goes to Texas A&M, yeah. look out. Because A&M is a machine now. A&M's problem is A&M fans and mm-hmm. boosters. They cannot get out of the same way. It's the same thing Alabama struggled with for so long after Bear Bryant is that everybody wanted a say in how the football program is run and the people that are recruited and where's money is spent and everything, roster decisions, everybody wanted a hand in it. What Nick Saban did when he left the Miami Dolphins to go to Tuscaloosa is he said, everybody get out. I don't care what anybody say. You're going to pay my salary. You're going to pay my staff salary. You're going to support this team by supporting me, and I'm going to do this. And so if Dan Lanning's got the stones – and Texas A&M has been humbled enough to squash their pride and let Dan Lanning handle it, look out. Because Dan Lanning is the real deal. 100%. And given given the resources and the players that are in Texas, he can really make A&M a juggernaut that – Everybody thinks they should be, but for some reason, historically they historically have
0: not been. And again, yeah. that's going to create some domino effects across all of college football, right? Because he goes to A and M. Say Lane goes to Oregon. Then who? Then maybe is that John Summerall coming to Oxford? Like, there's a lot of moving parts that yeah. happen there. And so, I'm a I'm a fan of chaos. And so, like. I mean, I'd right. love nothing more than Dan Lanning to take the job, even though that's going to make A&M more competitive. It just creates chaos in the coaching landscape, and that's going to be
1: – Well, just say what you really want to say. You want Lane to care. leave and go care. to Oregon. I honestly don't you care. Do, you do. Hey, Rusty, it's natural for you not to want the team, <laughs> the coach of the team that you hate that is about to go 10-2 and two for the second time sure. in three years sure, to but, leave. You know, he
0: hadn't, done, he hadn't fared that well against Mississippi State overall.
1: He's two and one. Yes, he is two and one. Soon He's to be two, two and, and two. One. We'll get to that here pretty soon.
0: <laughs> oh my! God. But anyway, uh, Greg Knox. Hey, Greg Knox uh, no, is undefeated but, as the Mississippi State interim head football coach. Undefeated.
1: You know, you said you were you were touted. Arnett being one and now, zero. <laughs> Arn, you're now deceased. Yeah. Arnett Woo. being one and zero after. Woo, a tough wording there when you talk about Mississippi State, Illinois <laughs> departed is what we're <laughs> yeah. looking for. Not deceased. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Uh, at the end of the day. Uh, so if it's not if it's not well, let's talk about AM. If it's not Dan Lanning, who do who do you call? Because for me, chaos, send Dabo Sweeney. Hundred percent. They State. they're
0: souring on him in Clemson. They are. But the thing with that, I don't know that AM's gonna call him because he is on record multiple times not being a fan of NIL and transfer portal. Oh, they would have. To they'd have to fix that, that quick yeah. because that's he's staked his name to that, and AM is yeah. wanting to win and be progressive. So that's my big holdup with right. Dabo is he's not evolving with the game of college football. So why would A and M want to pull another like old deadbeat horse? Like they just had Jimbo in that Fisher who got passed by time. Why would you want to put another one in that seat in the same position?
1: It's fair. It's fair. I think that Jimbo. I mean, I think that Dabo and Dabo and Jimbo as consecutive greats would be great. Uh, Dabo hit get it together. I mean, that team at Clemson is good except for one position. And if he would have gone to the transfer portal and gotten Jackson Dart or Spencer Mm -hmm. Sanders or you know pick your transfer quarterback, there's a thousand of them. That team would have been relevant in the ACC. That if if
0: Will Shipley's brain worked, uh, but he keeps getting concussed. But um, so, and lastly, we'll talk ahead. about Sam Pittman. That's the other job that's fixing to come open. I don't know why it hadn't happened All yet. Right, so here,
1: so here's what I've heard uh, is that Arkansas has an NIL problem in in regards to football. Now, basketball, they got blank check. You can see Musselman has gotten them to back-to-back. Oh, in the last three seasons, they've been to two Sweet 16s and an Elite Eight. Like, he can get whatever he wants. He's got a blank check. But there ain't enough money to go to football as well if you're not producing. And so what you've got in Fayetteville is a lot like what was in Oxford when Ole Miss fired Matt Luke. Uh, This was before NIL, and it was before Transfer Portal. But what happened was there were some high and mighties that were staunchly against Lane Kiffin. And the money was making some threats that said, if you hire Lane Kiffin, we're going to do this, or we're going to pull that, or whatever. And Keith Carter ultimately just said, you know, screw you, I'm mm-hmm. hiring him. And it worked out, okay? What's going on in Arkansas, from what I've heard, is that they, the money wants Gus on If you want more NIL money, go hire Gus on, So what has happened is that they've inquired with Gus and Gus is not interested. And so now they're stuck with do we make a change for change's sake without being able to offer a coach anything? Mm. You know, you're looking like you're going and competing against Mississippi State and both schools have no money, or, you know, you're you're getting third pick behind A and M and you know, whoever else opens up down the field, you know. And so there's kind of a power struggle there with the old guard, the people with money, want to hire Gus Malzahn, but Gus isn't interested. So what do you do? And I think that's why Sam Pittman hasn't been fired yet is because they don't want to make a move without knowing what their next move is going to be. It's probably if this whole thing bites Mississippi State in the butt, it'll be for the same reason. It's that you've made a move without knowing what your next move will be. This is chess. This is not checkers. And nine times out of ten, big-time programs who – do this well who don't make impulse decisions in coaching like hiring and firing like Ole Miss did with Luke and what um, Mississippi State did with Arnett is that you kind of know your next move before you make your first move and they're not willing to just fire you know go fire um, Sam Pittman just to go hire Rhett Lashley or you know Willie Fritz, somebody that's not going to inspire any donors because that's what this is about. Football is no longer about recruiting as much, you know, personalities and coaching, recruiting and being good in living rooms as much as who's got a bigger checkbook.
0: That's, that's the state of the game that we're in. And you've got to get a guy that knows the system. That's why Dan Mullen is not a great option. College football has evolved. Right. Like you have to get these guys that are able to recruit, generate NIL money at a high rate. And it may be a guy at a smaller school that's winning there, but you have to – like you said, you have to know who your next move is, which kind of makes me think that Selman's got with, – with his connections across college football and his dad's connections, like there may be something already in the works. I don't know. But you have to be playing chess, not checkers. You have to be aware of the landscape of college football right now, and that's getting guys that can generate oh, and money. And Because at the end of the day, right now, coaches, while they're still recruiters, you're fundraisers. You're on the trail recruiting these kids, and then you're popping in at these local rotary clubs and high schools and different things and talking and generating money as well. So you got to get a guy who's good at fundraising as well as recruiting.
1: Yeah, and so that's the reason why I thought that Texas A&M made the move when they did. Yeah. I think I told you, I know I told some friends, I think Texas a has got their guy, or they at least have an idea and some good vibes from a couple of guys. And so when I started seeing names like Mike Elko trickle out today, yesterday and today, it made me think, like, are they going to their third option? Because you don't fire Jimbo and pay him out $100 million and then go hire Mike Elko. As your first right. option, I think you've got to have somebody that you're excited and about at least has shown, to make that move. shown when some they mutual did. interest, right? And so then they started floating out Mike Elko today to test the waters. I just, it, it mm-hmm. feels weird to me. It makes me wonder if they're getting passed up from maybe they think Dan Landing's comments yeah. were legit. Yeah, and
0: Herman know? and Urban Meyer and some of these other guys, you know, they're going to call or are saying no.
1: Yeah. Uh So it's interesting. I do love coaching certain season. Uh, I do love fly to wear. I honestly loved it when Ole Miss was in it. I mean, there was nothing more exhilarating than when you started getting reports that, okay, Lane's, you know, Lane wants the job. Lane's, you know, let's talk to Lane. To, oh my goodness, Keith Carter met with Lane. To, oh my goodness, I think something's about to actually happen. And then you just Mm refreshing message boards until the report comes. It's like, oh my god, they hired Mm -hmm. Lane Kiffin. You know, it was it was such a whirlwind. You know, and it was the same thing. Honestly, I, when Matt Luke got fired, I was like, because he was not going to get right. fired. And then Elijah Moore peed yeah. the end zone. And then, it, and all the money people's like, okay, it's time. So you got to, I think Matt Luke may be getting fired, and you get mm-hmm. excited and so you're free-frenzied and they're like, oh my god, he got fired! And then it's like, you know, funny story, Keith Carter, Keith Carter appreciation, Keith Carter is the Athletic director at Ole Miss, former Ole Miss All-American basketball player, who has took over the athletic depart as the athletic director, just months before Lane Kiffin took over. He had a final two he came out with. He said if it wasn't Lane Kiffin, he was going to hire the Appalachian State head coach, Elijah mm-hmm. Drinkwitz. And if there's not a better yeah. two this year, like you're looking at that, and, it's, and then he went and hired Chris Beard, and it's like. He can do no wrong, it seems like. It seems like he's got a good pull. So, I mean, if Lane were to leave, I don't want Lane to leave. I'd be extremely sad. But I, I do trust him. You know, we talked about how we never trusted the Grizzlies front office, and now it's like we got Zach. All in. I trust yeah. him. Yeah. You know, you know I, I trust Keith Carter. Uh, I know that he's got a, a little scratch pad somewhere with some yeah. names on it in case. And, I, but, and
0: to tie a bow and all this coaching carousel and stuff before we wrap up, with a little bit of Grizz talk in fantasy football, It kind of comes full circle. Like, this is Zach Selman's chance. This is your opportunity to prove yourself. You've got a fresh slate. You're the AD. This is your time to make a move. Go get somebody. Like, don't just settle for somebody. Like, go get somebody. Like, be that AD that's ballsy and goes after a guy like Elaine Kiffin. Go get that guy. Don't just settle for Willie Fritz because he's a winner and he can do things. Like, go get a guy. Go call Cliff Kingsbury and make him tell you no. Like, go get yeah. somebody. This is your chance to prove yourself that you can do right. this, that you're connected and that you're one of the up and coming ADs in college football.
1: And you don't get fired for one exactly. coaching, exactly. Or one wrong coaching hire. If you if you if this one fails and then the next one right. fails, you're done. But if you but, but you know, swing and miss on a big name, man, go for it. Why not? So, uh uh Presty. Uh Steve mm-hmm. Presty. What, what's the Oklahoma Thunder? Yeah, um Uh, Presti, Presti. I think it is, yeah. Yeah, um, I know it's Presti. I couldn't remember the first name. He is, you know, they love stockpiling picks, you know, whatever. He has said, and I I agree with him, but he's like, you don't take a swing and miss. You don't take a big swing with the 24th Mm -hmm. pick of the draft. You take a big swing with the first pick of the draft. He's like, you know, you don't go – you don't don't necessarily go chalk. You know, swing for the fences. You know, like – Giannis. If somebody would have drafted Giannis with the first overall pick, it would have been the biggest swing of all time. Yeah. But it would have worked, you know. And so, take your big swing when you've got the absolute best yeah. chance. When you're at Here's your, your chance. You, take your you biggest. You call Cliff swing.
0: Kingsbury and you call Tom Herman, and when they tell if and when they tell you no, that's when you start moving down the board. But you call those guys, man. Why not? What's the you know What's the worst thing yeah. that's going to happen?
1: Jeff Trailer at yeah. UTSA. I,
0: I also like yeah. GJ. Uh, What's his name at Texas State? Kenny? GJ Kenny? GG Kenny? Nah, I he's the not Texas State. The coach he's, Texas he's winning State. at a high level. It's K I N N E. No. Uh,
1: Texas State's the guy that went 100% transfer portal, right? Mm hmm.
0: What's his name? G is G. As in girl, J as in Joey, Kenny, K-I-N-N-E. He went 100% transfer portal. They were the only the second team behind Colorado with the highest uh, roster turnover. He's another hot name that's come up. He's floated up a few times on Mississippi State message boards and on Twitter. I don't know that he's the guy, but he clearly understands college football because Texas State is winning football games, and he attacked the transfer portal pretty hard. He's another name that I would watch out for for the Mississippi State head coaching job.
1: Okay. Well, I don't believe that any decision will be made before our next Correct. podcast, uh, which will be we will record next Tuesday night because Thanksgiving yep. is Thursday. And so um I'm curious. It's gonna be yeah, a fun week. It is. You know, I, I'm glad to be able I'm hoping to be able to watch the whole time as a yeah. spectator. You know. Um Okay, so uh let's talk Grizz for a second. Uh it is seven thirty central time and I still have two hours until the Grizzlies tip off. On a yes. road game against the Lakers, they will tip off ten thirty Rusty time, nine thirty Central. Um, they got a big, big win. win. Listen, yeah, went on the road and beat the Clippers. If I told you that the Grizzlies went and beat a team with a starting lineup of Paul George, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and Kawhi Leonard, and Evokasubox, I- 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 but uh, and you beat them at home, you would think, oh, Grizzlies right. are good, right? Except that since James Harden yeah. has been at the Clippers, they are zero and four, and he has been absolutely atrocious. The Grizzlies won that game because they did not take right. James Harden out. It's been a really and hard the, transition. The best for the the best part the is the
0: Sixers are six and zero, oh, and Maxi scoring points by the truckload. I mean, fifty, 50. driving a fifty for the city, uh, driving a fifty uh-huh. piece the other day. I mean, I love it. There are a few teams I enjoy beating more than the Clippers, and they're not the teams of the 2010s that I hated so much, but that's a franchise I'll never forgive for some of that. Like, my top three sports moments of all time were Dak Prescott's run against LSU, beating Auburn to become the number one team in the country, and when Chris Paul got kicked in the face by Tony Allen driving in the lane. Like, I hate Oh,
1: we got to talk about Chris Paul. Oh, my – we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. We'll get to that in a second. That's part of NBA
0: talk. But, like, I hate the Clippers. I love beating the Clippers. I love watching them lose. And so, especially when it's my team that beats them, I'm even better. Like, that's one sporting franchise that I probably hate more than any other because of those wars back when they were lob slash flop city. Um, but I hate them.
1: Well, you know, I, uh, I was with you. I hate, hated the Clippers. I hated Blake Griffin and Chris Paul and everybody that played with them my hatred for them diminished over the years though because Chris Paul left and Blake Griffin left and DeAndre Jordan left and and there was just nothing other than the laundry there however now they've got James Harden and they've done this whole super thing uh, we're the big market team and going to get all the players again I can't I hate them again because I hate 100% but yeah speaking Um, of Chris
0: Paul like when once a Grizz, always a Grizz, especially Captain Klutz, Mike Conley, like oh Captain, my Captain, love me some Mike Conley, right? And to see Chris Paul dive for a basketball, look up and see his knee, and then lunge into one of the cleanest, most respectful—only had maybe two technicals in his entire career. NBA community, he, He's never, he got, I he think... got. I know he got one in Memphis. I know he got one in Memphis, okay. <clears throat> and. But he's always like the NBA community player of the week. Like, just does so much good. Just yeah, a good he, dude. And then Chris Paul gonna try take out his knee in, in a unnecessarily.
1: He, yeah, he totally aimed for Mike because he grabbed me. the ball and then he and looked. You're right. It. Yeah, it's like the ball. You know, the shortest distance. My dad used to tell me this all the time when we were doing something. He would always be like, "What's the shortest distance between two points, son?" And I'd always straight go line. straight line. Well there was a straight line between that ball and Chris Paul and Chris Paul took a hard right right into Mike Conley's knee and it was just I was disgusting. Ready to fight. He's got to be. He is he he will go he will be a hall of famer. He will be known for his assist and and how he was such a one of the highest IQ players of all times, but he, and it will never be talked about how dirty that dude is. And was.
0: he is. He's charming soft and he's dirty. Um
1: and he ain't never won nothing. He never won
0: nothing, man. He could beat Tim Grizz, but I don't want to talk about Chris Paul in this podcast anymore whatsoever. We'll move right into uh, – I almost forgot. We're going to loop back to college football before we finish up with fantasy football. Oh, We have got we go. our picks from last week, Drew. One of us went 3-2 and two once again. The other went 2-3, and three, ladies and gentlemen.
1: We both felt really stupid we did. on one
0: game. We did. A piece. Yeah. Um, we have a tie. We have a tie. We have <laughs> both of us. Are sitting at twenty six and twenty five on the year. I picked Michigan, Missouri, and Auburn. Drew picked Michigan and A and M, and we are tied at twenty six and twenty five. Don't call it a comeback, baby. I've been here the whole time.
1: Yeah, yeah. I felt really stupid picking Arkansas, and you. I mean, no, I felt really stupid about picking Tennessee. Yeah, and really stupid. Uh, then I picked Arkansas. Yep. So you had too, two yeah. that you felt dumb about. Yep. You were all in on Arkansas. Yep. They
0: beat Florida whatever. I'm like, look, man, Auburn's defense is good, and they're getting better. I
1: was right. Nothing I said I, And was I said right. Auburn's getting like, better I,
0: at the right time. This is Hugh Freeze. They start off slow, and then they sprint to the finish, and they're winning football games late, and they beat up on Arkansas. They've got Peyton Thorne playing good quarterback right now. I'm proud of that pick. I picked with my heart and my mind picking Mississippi State. I knew what was going to happen. I can't pick against Laundry.
1: You didn't think 51-10 to 10 was no, going to happen. I did
0: not. But I, I knew we were going to get beat. I just didn't know it would be that bad.
1: <laughs> 16 point 17 and a half and and We they, lost by 41. 17 and, a half and they got beat 41. By 41. Anyway, yeah. we are tied. Uh,
0: Three games. uh right, 26 right, 26-and-25, baby. Once again – don't call it a comeback. Look, we're not going to pick any games this week. It's some crap football. we got Cupcake Week heading up to the rivalry game. Like, the biggest games are Georgia and yeah, Tennessee. Yeah, the only thing. And then North Carolina, yeah. Clemson. But who cares about ACC football?
1: Michigan, Who cares Maryland. about ACC Big Ten football? I mean, so,
0: we're yeah. going to move instead right into the League of Avengers. Drew, what you got for us this week?
1: So, uh, this has really settled into quite the fight here. So, Rusty lost his second straight football game this week. To drop him to seven and three. But he's not alone, Rusty. Do you know how many people sit atop the standings at seven and three? All of us. Would you like to venture, I guess? Twelve team lead. I'm gonna say four. Five Jeez. people are at seven and three. You've got um, <coughs> mm-hmm. us two. You've got Hunter, Justin Lumpkin, and our friend Aaron Ivy. All at seven and three. After then. You've got one team at six and four, one team at five and five, four teams at three and seven, and one team at two and eight. So uh, as it stands right now, of the four teams, this is the rankings. I told you you had a soft schedule. It's bearing out. Number one in points four of the five teams that are tied at seven and three, Gotham City Knights, Hunter with 1,291 points. Number two, Waddlevision. That's my. That's me. Twelve hundred thirty-two point eight points. Number four is Lumpkin at twelve hundred and seventeen points, and then you are fourth out of the five, seven, and three teams with twelve hundred points. Even Aaron. I don't know how he's done it, but he scored. One thousand. He's only scored three more <laughs> points than his. He's yeah. given up, <laughs> and he's seven yeah. And three. Yeah, but yet he's seven and three. on a f- you know, on a five like, game winning streak, mind you. Yeah, you know uh, the best stat last year in the NFL was like the the Vikings were twelve and zero and games discounted by four points, you know, or something like that. Some freaky stat. That's Aaron uh, Ivy. Aaron. That's Ivey. Aaron, this it's Aaron year. Ivey. Yeah, he is eking out yep. everything. I want to look back at his schedule real quick. Um but, yeah, so that's what we're looking at. I'm not going to look up his schedule. We're <laughs> going to just go ahead and look, pass out some Drewskis. So, uh, week number 10, uh, it's I had a 30-point win over our buddy Zach. As we said, Rusty had a disgusting loss to the Kuman Torch. He only uh, paltry 93 points. By week's hit me hard. Uh yeah, so um Buddy Stevens Award. Uh there is an obvious winner. Obvious. A a winner that is it's greater than any win of the season. And that's my 30-point win. So, I'm going to give myself of course you are. Watch me crown myself. <laughs> of course you are. With the Buddy Stevens Award crown. Uh it's just a 30-point win, nothing outrageous. We had some incredibly close games. Uh we got a text message this morning from our buddy Hunter Shaw <laughs> of the Gotham City Knights. He lost by one point exactly. to easy to put him at two wins this year. And uh Kirk won a nail biter 157 to 150 <laughs> over Andrew yeah. this week. Uh you're talking about USC game USC game of the week right there. Pac-12 yeah. game of the week. It was a it was a bar- burner burner. Um uh, so, uh, Kurt got that win, 157-150. to 150. Uh, I tell you, there has been no better player in fantasy football this year for me than Keenan Allen. I love Keenan Allen <laughs> with all my heart. His team stinks, but, man, yep. he's good. And look out, because Justin Jefferson is coming back. Space Dobbs has resurrected the Minnesota the Vikings. And the Pastronaut has resurrected – the minnesota vikings and gave giving them enough hope to bring back justin jefferson off of instead of just leaving him on the shelf for the there rest of go. the season so yeah that's our sh- there's your league of sh- vendors um i guess it goes i didn't say it but i said it al gore war winner andrew farrell 150 points that's all. that's
0: the you week. score 150 most weeks you're winning in our league but um, yeah. That's our show
1: for the night, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for sticking with
0: us, tuning in. Uh, if you were listening to this, you know where to find us: Amazon, Google. Spotify, Apple. We're on YouTube. If for some reason you want to see our ugly mugs, I think our mamas are the only ones that do that. But uh, we appreciate y'all tuning in regardless. You can find us on all social media platforms at the number Two Bucks Sports podcast on Twitter and Instagram, and then just Two Bucks Sports Podcasts on Facebook. Thanks for participating in our polls. Dropped the ball this past Saturday and completely forgot our picks. Uh, but stay tuned, more are coming. We'll be asking a lot of questions, especially in uh, some of the. Football season winding down. We got holidays coming up. Be on the lookout for some polls and some questions on there, and
1: uh, give out some rewards or something. We got some stuff in the So,
0: y'all stay stay tuned. We got some good stuff coming as we close out 2023. Uncle Buck enjoyed it, buddy.
1: Enjoyed it, man. Play our music. See you guys.